Friend of the Freak Nation, Brendan Gaughan, nominated for the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame. Hit it. Brendan, were you surprised at that news? Uh, you know, Ken Clapp and Wayne Wells have, have been working. They, they've, they've been working for a long time saying that they wanted to get me in. I just never, I never worried about Hall of Fames. Right. Crasher, you know, I, it's just, right. it was never something in my head that I said, hey, Hall of Fame. What I don't get, and you guys understand this now, these kids talk and they know exactly how many race wins they have. Hmm. Oh, this is my 200th race win. This is my, this is my, I have absolutely <laughs> zero clue how many wins I have. The only stat that's really kept is NASCAR. Okay. I have eight West wins, eight truck wins, uh, two Xfinity wins. Got it. Outside that I have zero clue. How many off-road racing wins I have? How many, how many short track wins I have? How many, uh, you know, random races that I've ran? It's like I never kept track of that. It never was kids nowadays. It's like you have to keep track of all that. But you're now a, a, a true endorsement of how that doesn't really matter. It's not about wins. It's about the entire resume, the entire portfolio of what you put together in a racing career or in whatever your job is, fill in the blank career. Well. I've always kind of felt that way from the get go. Anyway, that was, it, it's look, it's about wins. I mean, I won championships and I won races on the West coast and that was, that was great. I had a great time, but to me, it's more of, of the ambassadorship of it. Right. I mean, come on, you, we're sitting here talking, this is 2021. I think I met you guys in 2000, 2001, mm -hmm. maybe 20 years ago, uh, wow. driving the Cadillac. We were just joking stat, you know, about driving the, the, the old caddy back then. Um, and I, I was just more excited to be part of like the freak. I was like, hey, these guys want me to be something with these guys. This is fun. You know, I mean, it, it was, to me, that's what it was about. I mean, I got the wins. That was great. But I never kept track of that. I still don't. Mm -hmm. I, I, what, what, I laugh. I, somebody was asking something the other day or somebody on, I was looking on Twitter or something. They had posted all these things that they won. And I was like, oh, dang, what have I won? I go, all right. I'm like, well, I won a Rolex 24-hour Daytona. I've won a Baja 1000. Uh, I won the Vegas race for me. That was a bit, you know, that was our biggest race, the truck race at Vegas. I mean, that was, you know, our home track. I go, I won what five or six Crandon world championships in that world. That's the, you know, the biggest thing. Mm. And I, and I go, hell, I won a lot of big races. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> so when you, go into the, when you go into the hall of fame, Brandon, are you going to go in with mud splattered on your plaque or uh, just <laughs> NASCAR dirt on your uh, on your plaque. You gonna go on off road or is a stock car drive? Well, look, it's the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame, so I I I believe I will be going in as a stock car driver. So I, I and I I appreciate. It. Look, Napa was a huge part of my West Coast career, right? I mean, Napa without without Bill McAnally, without Napa Auto Parts, um, all the stuff they did for me back in the the early years of my racing that was big. Walker Evans, of course, is where I started. Mm. You know, Walker Evans is who kind of got me to where I got the opportunity with Napa. So it, the, the West Coast is where I'm from. The West I'm doing this right now, sitting in my office in Las Vegas. This is home. I mean, I'm a West Coaster, man. Me and you, we're all we're all from the West Side. You know, West Side. <laughs> <laughs> West Side of the USA. <laughs> Do we need to get into the into the West Side and the whole Georgetown and well, well, that's the East side. side? I got that's the East Side on me too. I know that, but I, let's let, let's wait till we let's wait yeah. to get in to get into that. And and you're being fairly modest, Brendan. I mean, your your last name of Gone and what you, you, your father uh, and all of his group has done for off road racing and motorsports on the West Coast isn't lost on people that have studied and been a part of this and the significance of that last name of Gone, whether it's from a casino or to staging desert races, short course races it's significant brendan well look I, I, the, the great thing about me and my dad is is we my dad's a racer first a lot of people don't realize that you know he he raced since the 1960s in in mexico he his first baja 1000 was 1969 uh you know i mean this is a guy that won won the old hdra walt lot hdra championship 77 78 so i mean he was a racer first he loved it and he got to kind of relive that through me and and we did it and he he and i have always though been kind of separate on uh, he's in this he's in the west coast stock car hall of fame already for his stuff that he has done and mm -hmm. and the one thing that was always nice is we always separated ourselves 
you know, dad was 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 him and the South Point or the Orleans or the Barbary Coast, whichever casino it was at the time that was doing the stuff. And then, yeah, a lot of those times he was sponsor of mine. Sometimes he wasn't. Sometimes he was. But, you know, people never sometimes people struggle to separate the two of us. But we both had our own way about of doing the things. And in the end, we do things very similar. I mean, I am my father's son, uh, the good and the bad. So I, I'm, I'm proud of everything he's done. And, and he's proud of what I've done. And, and now hopefully we'll be in the same Hall of Fame together. That'd be fun. So you do then continue the tradition of lobster mac and cheese. The lobster mac, listen, you got to get the doctor's permission before you come to the oyster bar to get the lobster <laughs> mac and cheese. But, but let me tell you something. That thing is still there. The tradition will be there as long as I'm around. Oh, thank goodness. We need that on like a craft services table at racetracks in the media. Yeah, I don't know if you got, listen, I don't know if I know enough people can pass the medical exam for that one. That thing. <laughs> That's a good uh, point. Whoo. That baby. She's, she's thick. She's thick. <laughs> you were saying that your dad lived through you through your racing career. Is he going to, we kind of touched on this a little bit ago before we got officially going in this interview. Is he also going to be living through your son in some racing stuff? I don't know if he's going to be happy about it or not. Uh, he's really not happy about the plans I've made for 2022 for my son. Um, we, I'm not going to announce what what we're doing right now because it's 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 not the season yet. But my son is doing something that my father really is not happy about. Oh, uh, and and I gotta say I'm really not that happy that I've decided to go this route. Oh. but look, it, it's we let our kids do. What I've always said was, if he's happy doing it, I don't care what they do, they yeah. get to do it. If my son wanted to be a ballerina, I put a tutu on him, and and if he's great at it, we'll keep going. If he's not, next. Um, so Ryland is having fun with it, so he's doing that, and we're going to be doing some more off road racing this year with him, a little okay. bit more than we did last year, and he's starting to have fun with it. It's it, it if he if as long as he continues to have fun, that's all I want. I don't care if he has a career with it. I really don't want him to be a race car driver and have a career with it. I just want him to be like his daddy and his grandpa. We, we love going to Mexico. We love going race Baja. We love going and racing off-road stuff. And hell, my dad and I won the Nora 1000, you know, overall, what, uh, 2014, 2015, something like that. Hmm. So, I mean, it, it's, if I just hope he wants to race for fun and be with his daddy when he's 80 years old in a race car, still trying to race Mexico. <laughs> We'll get back to the video interview in just a moment, but with high gas prices holding steady, it might be time for you to check out Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment and Injector Cleaner. It's a blend of oils and additives that contain no solvents. It increases power and fuel mileage that keeps your engine operating at maximum efficiency. Are you kidding me? It's like a tune-up in a bottle. Just add it to every fill-up of that snappy car of yours. And of course, it's as simple as... You get it. Now, back to the interview. But why did you just say, yes, off-road aside and having fun, why did you say you would be fine or you would maybe not be happy if he was a race car driver? I said I wanted him to have fun. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, look, I, there, there's, the, you know, sometimes it's real, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's real fun. But <laughs> I... I I went through a lot of things in my career that I really hope he doesn't have to go through kind of like football players. Don't always want their kids to be football players. Uh, if he wants to do it great. If he doesn't even better, but I will either way, whatever he wants to do. I mean, my oldest son right now is, is playing the flute and he's, he's rocking it. And I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm actually sitting there. Uh, the only thing I'm asking my oldest son is please play a little Jethro Tull for me. I'm just begging him to give me a little Jethro Tull. I'm, I'm as soon as he gets to the Jethro Tull level, I, I, I'm happy. And and where's the Jethro Tull tights or Ian Anderson tights too? <laughs> we can keep, we we can keep the tights. Uh, let, oh. let let's let's be honest. That only you or Sarge only Kidding. you look good in the tights. I have pictures of you out of the tights too. Still, we can oh, show you. God, we we might be able to show those still. I, Penny Nikolai willed those to me when she passed away years uh, ago. So I have the, I have the photo proof. Crash, you know what I'm talking about. All you guys it. do. That we well, all wait know. a minute, wait a minute. You <laughs> just said that if the, one of the kids got in a tutu, you'd be with it. And now you're, now you're making a big deal about the tights. Well, because God. he doesn't need to go Ian Anderson tights. I mean, that was a different era. He could, he could, you know, rock the jeans just as well as he could rock the, you know, the, the leggings and the, the, you know, David Lee Roth long tights and hair. I mean, we could, we could, I can hold without that, but uh, listen, I'm just jealous of their hair. Both my boys have so much freaking hair. I'm, 
I told my son the other night that he's going to have surgery in the middle of the night, not know it, wake up with a scar. I'm going to take his hair. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You just took your hat off. You got plenty of hair there, too. A lot of money put in this thing, Crasher. A lot of money went into fixing this. <laughs> just saying. Okay. So that's Fooled where the, that's where the Barbary Coast went, huh? <laughs> the Barber yeah. Coast. The Barber hey! Coast. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. Was there breaking news in any of that last five or ten minutes that we just had there? That... Well, no, my son, it, we're going to keep racing the desert, and, and okay. he is going to do some more off-road racing. Uh, we're going to probably get out of just short course and do some more long stuff. And Got like it. I said, it, it's it's going to be fun. I don't know if it's if it's really smart. I mean, he's going to I, – I, I'm still not sure about me riding next to a nine-year-old in an oh. off-road race. That uh, – I can't say uh, – I think Rob McCachron's going to – Rob McCachron had to ride with me to teach me. I think it's great. McChicken could ride with my son, a second generation. I think, I think I need to go – I think that's the route I'm going to try to do. Or Robbie Gordon. How old's Gordon's son? Well, Max now is, is what, 13, 14, driving trophy trucks. I mean, He's Max already – Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But how did he start? I mean, he was a nine, eight-year-old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, uh, look, I, I never believed in these guys that start their kids. I mean, look, look on the East coast, these guys got their four and five-year-olds and what are they micro sprints or mini midgets and, and all this stuff. I just never been a huge, huge fan of that. Um, so I'm kind of, all this started was where, I, you know, I go still race Mexico. I go, got my class one. We got some side-by-sides we go play in and, and somehow I got talked into a side-by-side to go race Glen Helen. <laughs> and and next thing you know, I got Glenn Helen. I got off-road cars. I'm like, well, hell, this didn't work. But the good news is Pop Pop wants to be involved. As long as Pop Pop's involved, he can go Yay. far. He's got to keep with Pop Pop. He's got there the strength. Go. Always said, stick with the strength. I'm not the strength. Now, part of the real, I keep going back to when they tried to keep you from getting a truck championship and they loaded up the competition. <laughs> to keep Brendan's face. From- from winning, right? It, yes, sir. There, this is kind of a real question. Is there less of that political uh, finagling going on in off-road racing? And that's maybe why you gravitate to off-road, especially out in the desert where it's kind of merit-based. You, you get to the finish line first, you're the winner. No, I mean, you know, the thing is, no matter where you go, here's the thing I always tell everybody. I don't care if you're racing racing cars, BMX, NASCAR, politics are going to go into everything in life. Unfortunately, it sucks. Get used to it. Um, but no, I just, I just have fun. Look, I mean, you guys have been out some of these off-road races. It's epic. We just did a Baja 1000. That was a peninsula run. I had two buddies of mine that had never been one guy that had never been to an off-road race voluntolding for us. He's pitting five race cars that pull in within eight minutes of each other. Oh. And they're trying to fill fuel, a hundred gallons of fuel. They're, I mean, it's chaos. Then he's trying to get to me down another 200 miles down the peninsula. He's hitching a ride with other race teams to get towards where I am. It's just, even if you're a crew member down in Mexico, it's exciting. It's just, it's a different whole vibe in the desert. It's, it's always an epic journey that happens. And, and I can still tell stories when me and you guys remember my old spotter, the Batman, who was my, with, he was, he rode in the off-road race car with me when I was 15 years old. Talk about a moron. And he, you know, he, then he became my NASCAR spotter and, and we were together forever. But we can still tell stories of being 16 years old, me being 16. He was he was old then. I don't know. He was 30 something then. And, you know, we talking about racing the mid 400 and getting hit by a potato gun by part of our pit crew uh, over in the rock garden. You know, we can still talk about that cactus in the middle of the night. Uh, in the pine forest that looked like the drunk Mexican. You know, I mean, it's we can still tell these stories, and it's it's way more exciting and fun than the NASCAR stuff. I mean, I just I love it. Yes, that's true. Between your drunk Mexican cactus and Ivan Stewart's naked Mexicans, but that was legit naked Mexicans in in the desert. Yeah, there are legendous stories. That that's what makes that's what makes off road racing so great. But that's what makes Baja the yeah. best of the off-road. That's why the people in, in Baja are so great. And, and the little towns, I mean, you want to have the best time. You want to just have a great time. Go pre-run in Baja, bring down a million stickers and, and go down and you see the kids' faces light up when you just roll into these little towns 
and you're, you're handing out stickers to the kids and they're running out. You're, you're scared to death. You can't even roll through these towns because they're running out trying to get stuff. It's, it's just Baja is a different vibe, man. And it's, it's my favorite place in the world. I think it was Don Prudhomme who said that to us just a couple of months ago about how, yeah, something about the vibe, the families, just the people in general and how he would love to do it every year if he could because of that vibe, not because of the racing, because of the it, vibe. It's look, you're, you're, you're driving down these roads crasher and you're in the middle of nowhere and you're, you're in a race car and it takes a race car to get up this road and you get up to the top of this hill and there's a house, a rancho. <laughs> it's called an Ejido. There's an Ejido there. And out walks a rancher, his wife, and a kid. You're like, this is their driveway. We're racing on. What? I mean, you, how do they even get here? And you you pull up and you and you stop and you you. I do my best Spanglish, talking to them. You know, you know, give them a Coca Cola, a Gatorade, talk to them, tell them thank you for using their land, give the kids a couple stickers, and they're like, thank you very much. And I'm hell this pre run, we're pre running down this wash on this rancher's ejido. And here is on the side of the road watching us a rancher and his maybe 10 year old son on a horse on their land. We're running through their land and then they're on the horse. We stop. I get out. I walk over to the guy. He rides over to me. I hand him a couple stickers for him and his kid. I toss the kid a Gatorade. They're like, hey, thanks. They're waving. We're like, gracias. And we take back off in our race cars and then they go riding back to their house on their horse. I mean, it, it's a country like no other. It's a place like no other. And that's only going to happen one place left in the world, Baja. Is that the real fun of your racing career instead of getting lost in the politics of racing in NASCAR? It's, it's, it was where I grew up. I remember watching my daddy, you know, going out, making dirt castles in the Baja, you know, in the mid 400, standing out there, mom running out and going, hey, here comes dad. And you run out. <laughs> okay, he'll be back in two hours. You know, and, and so you played in the dirt all day. You know, I, I remember doing that. I remember when dad used to let me ride in the, in the mint for hundred parade with Lenny Newman. So I was on phone books and had glass goggles to sit next to him, you know, to ride the parade out to the start. I remember going to Mexico as a kid watching dad race. So to me, it was the memories of, of my dad racing and watching all that and going through all those. And then the NASCAR thing was a great career. I, I had the best time. I mean, look, we used to dominate with that McAnally team. Remember the old Orleans racing mm -hmm. team, Nap Auto Parts, me and Bill, Shane Wilson. I mean, Harley Roush. Oh. I, these are guys that are, I'm sitting in my office. Oh. Harley Roush, who is employee number two at Orleans racing team, is right now sitting 25 feet from me in his office. My old spotter, the Batman, is sitting 15 feet next to me right now. He's shaking his head going, don't talk about me. He is in the <laughs> desk next to me. Um Half my West team is still right here. The other half is at Richard Childress Racing in North Carolina. You know, I mean, we had wow. Uh, my my Winston West stuff. My West Coast career was was so great. I mean, winning up in Monroe, all the races up there. I had a great time doing it. So, Stat, don't think I I don't like the NASCAR side. I just I love the off road side. Yeah. The NASCAR side was what what gave me a phenomenal life, a phenomenal mm -hmm. career. It made me. It, it set doors for me that I never in a million years thought I would have. So I love my NASCAR side. So I should but, probably know the answer to this. While we're talking, we're in the at going towards the end of the car rally. The car is kind of the the epitome of off road racing. I should probably know if you've ever run in that event. I don't think you have, but. Is that a part of your maybe a bucket list item that you would like to have done? Oh, uh, yes, there are a few things that I'm working on right now, Stat. As a oh. matter of fact, as you bring that up, um, I, I I will be at Dakar one day soon. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing wait, a few things wait, here. Wait, wait, you can't just throw that on the table. Dude. 2023. You know that's Freak Nation, and we do listen to you say things like that. So I'm you an OG Freak Nation guy. Year. i got to break it with you. Yeah, so you, you can't do it this year, obviously. So sorry, pretty sorry, soon sorry. means next year. Well, I, I, I got to do a lot of work. So there's a big difference in the navigation of, a of the Dakar Rally versus navigation of off-road racing. Yeah. Um, so I have some work to do. I, I do have some people that are, I just bought a bunch of equipment to go teach me and help me learn how to do the navigation, the rally style navigation. Um, 
I don't believe there's any reason why Americans can't win out there uh, other than, you know, Jill DeVilliers running over motorcycle guys and not getting penalized, uh, which is amazing. He's amazing what they do for the French. Uh, oh. <laughs> if that if that was Robbie, please, Robbie be disqualified 52 times if, yeah. he, did, if he hit one guy. Yeah, so, man. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of BS there, but, you know, Americans are starting to make big waves. Casey Curry, of course, last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Seth Quintero is kicking. If Seth doesn't have the one problem this year, Seth Quintero is – I think he's won three stages in a row and dominating. Unfortunately, he's out of the overall because of, of the wreck. Uh, and, of course, you, you, you got A.J. Jones. You know, they're all in the side-by-side -side classes. I want to get there. I might do a side-by-side -side first, but when I get there, we're going to start – we're going to – I have as big of ego as Robbie, and, you know, we will uh, – we're, we're going to go over there and try to make some waves when I do go over there, but I got work to do first that I can't go over there and, and just think I'm going to be so great just because I can, I can go drive an off-road car. I got to get some work done. I got to get some teaching done. I want to do it. I'm going to go do it. And there's a couple other things I still want to do. There's still some sports car racing I want to do. Um, one of the main things that I'm starting to work on now is I got to get back in shape for it. Uh, round is a shape, but not the shape I want to be in the race car or my fire suit. So I, I've, I'm working on getting back in shape and I've dropped about 20 pounds so far and Whoa. we're going to keep going that way. And yes, I, I do want to go to the car and I do want to do some, some of that stuff. Yes. Lamar, would that be one of the ones, one of your dreams? I, like I said, I win big races, Crasher. So, I mean, I, I've got a 24, I got a Rolex. Mm -hmm. I've got a Nora 1000. I got a Baja 1000. Uh, I got Crandon World Championships, so uh, that that would definitely be on the list of one of the bigger ones that I want to go do. So wow! And That's the best news awesome. is, I think I'm bronze rated now, which means I'm really valuable. <laughs> what does that sign mean? him up? Oh, it's the sports car classification. Oh, yes. In sports cars, about Amer you can, American you can, Airlines, you can you know you yeah. get upgraded. No, no, I've uh, flown forever. I lost all my status. I, uh, <laughs> I nobody's in, flown. It's okay. That's right. In the sports car world, you, uh, Kenny, you got like gold, bronze, gold, silver, bronze, and when you race in the in the endurance races, you can only have so many of high rated drivers. So like you can only have one gold, and you uh, if you have a silver, or you can have you know, two silvers and a bronze, it, it, the way they do it. So Andy Lally and I used to joke that my rating in sports car racing, uh, I was extremely valuable because I'm undervalued. So I can, like, you could put me with gold rated, the, the pro guys, and I get counted as a gentleman driver. So uh, I, I have oh. some value there and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start working on that as soon as I get my weight back down. Okay. So hold on a second though. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that with the Rolex 24 coming up this month. So who's a gold driver? Is it exclusive sports car drivers? Because, for instance, you've got, I'm just going to say the Michael Shank team, because I just got a press release on them. Paginot and Elio Castroneves together, aren't they both mm -hmm. gold? Yes. So you can, you can have, have two, two gold. You can have two gold, but then your third guy has to be a bronze. You know, ah, you, you, okay. the way it's, the way the rating works. And I don't know. Or don't plywood, on one or the other. You got to have yeah. plywood. Plywood. Yeah. Plywood. <laughs> Well, with those two guys, you could still win with plywood. Uh, I mean, come on, you let them do the heavy lifting. Uh, you know, you put Andy Lally and Spencer Propelli on a team, all you got to do is just don't screw up. That's the way I look right. at it. You get with the right, right people. I mean, that's how I won my my Rolex. I, I had Wolf Hensler, Andy Propelli, and, 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 or Andy Lally and Spencer Propelli. It was like, hey, just don't screw up. Let them mm -hmm. do the heavy lifting. So, I mean, that, that's that's the way to make sure you get those things. But, yeah, I, I have a lot of – I still have a couple bucket list races that – Cool. I want to go do and and those are those are on the list crasher. Yes. Yes. Wow. I like it. It's just when you were at the Rolex and you had those two big drivers, did they put you overnight so you drove from two o'clock to six o'clock and went while they were asleep? Um, so the year we won, uh I I stayed awake all night as an emergency driver in case anybody needed it. I only did like two or three stints. Um, that race, but it was really cool. I got to race with, oh my God, I'm getting old. Uh, Brumos Porsche, the, 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 the driver that was the famous Brumos Porsche driver forever. The man, they just did the big deal about it. Oh, he came on, out as gay. He just came out as gay and, and it was like a huge news. And he's the guy that owned or Brumos Haywood. Porsche. Hurley Haywood. 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 Hurley, Haywood. Hurley. Yeah. yes, how, yes. How, how, how can we all, no, we all are like. Hurley. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, you moron. Uh, so there's a, there's a certain point in the race where I guess I was battling Hurley Haywood for the lead for like 
35 minutes. We were passing each other and they oh, wouldn't, they didn't my. tell me. And I got out of the race car and they're like, dude, do you know you were just battling with Hurley for the lead for the last 45 minutes? I'm like, could somebody tell me, help a brother out? I mean, come right. on, that's pretty cool that I'm battling with Hurley Haywood for, for an hour for the lead in the GT class. Uh, when I did the LMP2 car, the last year of the open cockpit, um, we finished on the podium. We finished third. Um, but I did I did two tri- I did a triple-double, which I guess I was the only guy that year that did a triple-double, um, where I did three stints in a row and then got out for m- the mandatory time and then did another three stints in a row. Um, but what I, what I told them was, listen, I just did 22 hours in an off-road car not too long ago. I mean, doing three and a half hours is not that difficult. Um, ah. so I, I, I love, I, I love that stuff. I, I love when they put me in the car longer. I love, you know, I, I, that was always kind of my forte was, you know, I, I can handle that heat and that stress. So I, I loved it, but it, uh, I, I do love, I'm not going to do the Rolex this year. I had a lot of people calling asking, like I said, I, I don't feel like I'm in physical shape to do it right now, but I'm getting back there and then I'll get back in them. So you played basketball at Georgetown with Allen Iverson. Was that more valuable than racing against Hurley Hayward at three o'clock in the morning? Well, you know, I I can't say that uh, I did a whole lot of good for the Allen Iverson side. I was much more valuable during the Hurley Haywood side. Um, no, you know what? What I have said, Stat. You've heard me say this. I mean, we've been friends a long time. You you know, followed my career. John Thompson and what he did for me was as valuable or more valuable than anything in my life before or since. Uh, if it wasn't for coach, I'm not the man I am today. And there have been days that I heard, could hear coach yelling at me in my head to, to keep me moving. Uh, I, Memphis, I remember specifically um, where, where the teachings of all that kept me uh, up on the wheel and kept me going. But no, I, I, I'm not sitting here giving this interview. I am not who I am if it wasn't for Big John. And, and Alan was a part of that, and Othello Harrington, and, and all the guys, Don Reed. These were men that were very, very important to me in my life at a very important stage. And if it wasn't for Coach, I wouldn't be sitting here. Wow. Oh, God. You pulled that one out of the archives there, didn't you? you yes, you, I you did. I find that one fast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that bad boy, man. Holy smoke. Yeah, there you are. Coach Thompson Check only it. allowed two people in all of his years. And he, and he passed away uh, last September. Um, I actually, I was really lucky coach and I've always were close and I, I got, I talked to him for about four hours, about two weeks before he died. We had a really, really nice long conversation. And I asked him again, he wouldn't tell me he only allowed two people to wear the number 13. And if you, if anybody knows coach Thompson, Charles Smith was one of his favorite players of all time. He used to talk about Smitty, uh, and, and he loved Smitty and it was me and Charles Smith were the only two people he allowed to wear 13, uh, miss Finland. Um, who was on who was on the bench with us forever she nobody would tell me why he allowed me to wear it i always said because he thought i was from vegas and he thought it would piss my dad off being bad luck um i don't know but he, i was i was one of two players that he allowed to wear 13 and i asked him even on that conversation and he wouldn't tell me why he let me wear it or what the significant was significance oh was but i i was one of only two 13s for him charles smith and me wow wow and actually, it was kind of a, a big deal because uh, Jerome Williams, the junkyard dog, played for the Raptors, the Knicks, the Bulls, mm-hmm. JYD. He's still a good friend of mine to this. He lives in Vegas. But JYD's number is 13. And when he came to Georgetown, he wanted 13. And Coach Thompson said, nope, I got a 13. <gasps> so and I, and I didn't pick it. It was what he told me I, I had to be. And he never told me what the significance was. So uh, I was 13. And it was important to him. So that, that's all that mattered to me. Wow. Yeah, he followed your racing career, didn't he? He absolutely hated me racing. Yes. He uh he despised it. He never understood it. He actually I got thrown off the football team. Coach Thompson got me thrown off the football team because he thought I would choose football over racing. Um, as I sit here 25, 30 years later wearing a Georgetown football hat. Uh right. he uh he, he got me thrown off the football team for because he thought I would choose it. And then the last race he came to crash was the 2003 race at Richmond, Virginia. And Bobby Hamilton Sr. wrecked me after the checkered flag intentionally. Came down, finished, I think we finished fifth or sixth. Came down the track, right reared me, put me up into the wall way before soft walls. These kids won't even know what that used to feel like. And I full speed, right after the checker, crashed me intentionally. And Big John sat in the pit area that night and 
And you all remember how big Coach Thompson was. I mean, Coach was a big man, and I am not a big man. I'm a very small man. <laughs> Coach Thompson was sitting there at the end of pit road. He's sitting in the pits, and he goes, boy, that man tried to kill you. And I said, no, sir. He was pissed off about something else. And he goes, no, that man tried to kill you. He goes, I don't like this. I never like this. I don't support it. I love you, but I am not coming back. Oh, and, and he never wow. came back to another race after that day. Uh, he came to him and Bill Russell came to races with me. Back, uh, what? When I started, you know, wow. Bill Russell and Coach Thompson used to come to races. And after the after the Richmond race, he never came back to another race. He 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 never liked. He he loved me. He said he goes, I love you, but I don't like this. <laughs> and I, I, I don't like watching. It scared him to watch me. Wow. And that's a short yep. oval. I mean, granted, yeah, it's high yeah. bank. It was Richmond. It oval. was Richmond. It was it wasn't like I did the flip at Talladega. You know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. you know, he, he did he uh, um, yeah, he 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 didn't like me racing. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. Uh, two things, and let me hit this one first. You brought up Bobby Hamilton Senior, correct? Yep. 15 years ago, he died today. Is it today? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, as of this recording, which is the 7th, yeah, understood, January yeah. 7th. Yeah. Understood. And then Bobby Hamilton Jr.'s birthday is tomorrow. Oh. Go back and look at those guys in the in the truck series that you were running up against. Uh, speaking of fellow West Coast. Uh, Greg Biffle is in there. Is, on, is on the No, no. Uh, the no. Uh, Hornaday. 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 Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, those guys back in the truck. That. Maybe it was because we featured you guys on the show every Sunday night, but that truck series, and it was still in its infancy. You're running in Bakersfield, bro. No, nah, the, the old Mesa Marin. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I, that's I, a fun group. There, I think you, you you had something special for about you know for the first truck series. I listen. I remember Walker Evans walking in, going walking into the off road shop with this this car, this truck. We're like. What's this thing? You know, it's called the California Super Truck Series. Oh. And they they had this idea that they went to Bill Jr. and wanted to sell. It was the California Super Trucks. And they looked like crap. We made fun of them from the off-road side. We're like, these things are ugly as hell. And, you know, I still remember those. And that's what became the NASCAR Super Trucks, the NASCAR Craftsman Trucks. But you had from 95 to like 05, 07, you had a pretty special run. I mean, if you guys look at the history of that, look at the guys that were champions, you know, Todd Bodines and, and Johnny Benson's and Ted Musgraves and Ron Hornaday's and, and Jack Sprague's. These were guys that set set the precedent of what mm -hmm. that truck series was going to be. And it was a different deal, man. Guys came back from Cup to retire in that series. And, and you got great teachers. You learned a ton. We all learned about respect. You learned how to race each other. And, and if you didn't, Ron Hornaday or Jack Sprague just wrecked you and said, yeah. don't do it again, dude, because I don't care about you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you had to learn these things, and it was it was a special time back then, man. We had some amazing teams. I mean, think about what that sport was and how it started with the, the teams and the people. It was bad to the bone. It's still good. I still love the trucks. Oh, no, and I partly, still love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But partly one of the reasons I really like it is, my gosh, they're – they're not sprint races, but they the the amount of time that it takes to complete a truck race is so much more tolerable than a cup race. I did got in my less, opinion. Less room for mistakes, less that room to get stuff. It, it's it's just from the start. It call it a sprint race if you want, Crasher. I mean, it's from the start. You have to go. You don't have the time to do five different, you know, setup changes and, and throw 45 tires at it. You better right. know now. You better <laughs> come with a strategy from the when you race Martinsville, you can almost make it on fuel from the start. So you better you better figure out what strategy you're going with and learn how to play on the fly. That's what made Shane Wilson life so great. We always were on the same page about when to change things, when to go. The only thing I miss, there's a lot of great young talent, and you got Matt Crafton, who is the 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 venerable veteran that is left, you know, in in the the, the truck series. And I love me some Matty Crafton, but that's really all you got left on the veteran side. Hmm. Nobody's coming back down to retire there anymore. Jimmy Johnson didn't quit Cup racing to go run a truck, you know, uh, uh, these guys didn't come back down and you don't see your, your limit on the number of times you get to see a Kyle Bush or you get to see, you know, uh, I was about to say Carl Edwards <laughs> or that you get to see Brad Kozlowski, you know, you're limited on the number of times back then it didn't matter. They came and raced. They didn't always kick your butt. 
we worked our tails off to 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 try to keep up with these guys and you learned and you got to move on and it was it was a lot of fun man the the teams that we had and the number of great teams and the young to the old drivers and working your way from the back side of the garage trying to get to that front side of the garage man it was it was a lot of great memories doing that is this something that you uh, foresee coming in the future crash mentioned it sprint race i think that's just that's right now that's the biggest knock with cup are these races are arduous and they're long it, is it going to come to where we finally shorten these things brendan or some no, of them so, not all of them look i mean are there some that pro do i want them to shorten the coca-cola 600 the problem is the coca-cola 600 is the world 600 right yeah, it's yeah. it was the 600 miler it was famous for the 600 miles now the problem is the equipment doesn't break like it used to the old days the 600 mile race was so difficult because it's a 600 mile race right you know i mean the, the parts and pieces used to break now the pieces and parts live for thousands of miles so but it's mm. still the world 600 so i don't want that to shorten even though it's way too freaking long and we all know that i mean i've i've started the race gone to the movies grab dinner come back watch the pitch you know it's like yeah. whoo that baby's got some hours to it but i don't want that one shortened because it's the coke 600 it's the world yeah. 600 the Daytona 500 should it be shortened? No, no. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, there's, there's part of me that's an old guy that's a, you know, mm -hmm. but I think there are chances now to maybe take a little bit of time out of these. The, look, the American lifespan, attention span, has definitely shortened. You know, people like instant gratification. I mean, why, why do we have TikToks and Instagrams and mice faces and book spaces and whatever <laughs> that we have this because people love meta. To look at something and meta. And look at stuff and, and spend 15 seconds looking something. What why does clickbait work so great on the internet? Because people don't read anymore. They just read the first two lines and that's it. So part of me says, listen, a race is supposed to be a race. There's supposed to be time, there's supposed to be strategy, there's supposed to be drama, there's supposed to be extra laps. There's there, but at the same time, too many 500 mile races. All right, gets a little boring. I got mm -hmm. no problem going to three, four hundred mile races in some of these cup races because it will help increase the action maybe a little bit but i think stage racing has helped i think that was a brilliant move i think that some of the moves they've made have really helped the sport and i gotta say this i don't think there's ever been an era where we're, we've all been together a long time you guys been doing sports commentating much longer than i have been doing sports but you want to talk about a series you've ever met anybody that has as big a balls right now as nascar does mm -hmm. <laughs> look at the changes they make they yeah. weren't afraid they, they, they said, we're going to go to a playoff, okay? We're going to go to a, cha a championship format, a sprint, the chase for the cup. Nah, it's good, but it's not good enough. We're going to go to a playoff. Pissing off people. But it was a brilliant move. No, you know what? We're going to go put – we're going to change this whole schedule around, and we're going to start moving schedules and changing things. We're going to put a race inside the L.A. Coliseum. We're going to put asphalt down for two weeks and make a race and then tear it up. We're going to put a brand-new car out there. We're going to – you know – what I like is the balls it takes for, for Ben Kennedy, Mike Helton, Jim France, Steve O'Donnell, Phelps, these guys at the top. They've got brass ones right now, in my opinion. They're not afraid to make mistakes where the old regime, I think, was afraid to make mistakes. They're not afraid to make mistakes. When they make a mistake, take the winged car. How long was the winged car around for in NASCAR? Mm -hmm. Was it a year? Did it make a whole year? Mm -hmm. I don't think it made a whole so. year. I don't think mm -hmm. it did. But we don't even remember. You know why? Because they went, this sucked. We made a mistake. Get rid of it. Go back to something else. You know, I, I really applaud them for, for the amount of guts it takes to make these decisions. They've done a great job with it. Yeah, they, they got some criticism from people throughout COVID, but I think they handled it almost better than any COVID. other sports series in the world. They were amazing. Are you kidding me? We started racing on Wednesdays to get back on schedule. Yeah. We started doing double headers. When, when would any of us ever thought of a double header weekend? Really? Right. That's stupid. Why are we going to do two races a weekend? You got practice. You got qualified. Yeah, well, understood. But yes, Kenny, Kenny and Statman wanted double headers before that. But but it's great. Maybe, so what if it took COVID? At least they did it. At least they did. Other it. series they, aren't they, doing it. That's right. They took they took the guts out to say, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's see if it works. The no practice. I still there's a part of me that still wants practice. I feel bad for some of these rookies. I mean, how tough mm -hmm. has it got to be to to uh, yeah need need a little bit of practice here. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure stats cracking up right now. Practice, but you know, we don't need no stinking practice. But it took guts. 
to make these calls. And mm-hmm. COVID, I think COVID really brought some, brought even more of that gut out from NASCAR to, to what they did. I, I just, I applaud NASCAR on that. There's things I don't like. There's, there's decisions recently they've made that I can't say I agree with and disagree with. I'll, I'll leave those alone. But I do give them a lot of credit for the guts that they did in making some of these decisions. It's it's pretty impressive. I, I got to give it to them. Okay. I mean, we're in a world where we're not going to agree with everybody all the time. I think that's no. been proven over the last many, many years. But yes, to take a chance on something and then if it doesn't work, pull yourself back from it. Yeah, that's 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 how more people need to be. I, I chuckle. My father in the casino business. I love, look, my father and I are get along better now than we've ever gotten along. Main reason is because we don't work together anymore. Mm. <laughs> but But we get along great. But what I love about my father is nobody remembers the big mistakes Michael Gaughan's made. Michael Gaughan is a genius in the casino business. Everybody loves him. He's the greatest guy ever. He goes, I've never made a mistake in my life. And and nobody can remember one. And then I look at him and I go, Fever Nightclub. And he goes, Fever Nightclub? What was Fever Nightclub? I don't remember Fever Nightclub. Do we have a nightclub? Oh, yeah. Listen, when you fail so successfully that you get rid of it that quick and nobody remembers, that's that's a successful failure. NASCAR in that wing. Nobody barely remembers that we had a winged car for about six months because they went, wow, that was the worst idea ever. Gone. Nobody remembers. Oof. It's like, oh, we did a wing? No, we didn't do a wing. You got even when you when you're that good that you can succeed in failure, that's when you're great. And and Brendan, let's just do this. Let's go to this picture. All right. Oh Oh my gosh. Look at that one. That was that oh, would be wow. pre Kenny and Crash days, I believe, on that one. Even uh-huh. I think, oh yeah, I think that's I early two thousands. I, I might have even hit on Crash that night. Looking at that picture, I don't know. Um, look at look at Kyle Bush, all of about one hundred and ten pounds, soaking wet, yeah. soaking wet. Yeah, yeah. What that. if I would have told you that Brendan, you're going to head to California Speedway tomorrow, and NASCAR is going to say no, no more Confederate flags? You talk about the balls that NASCAR's done mm-hmm. or had. That's it, it look to that to me it means nothing to them that was a huge deal that was a big big thing and those are steps that that these guys have taken that they don't get credit for you know they get beat on for a lot of things and i'll beat on them for a lot of things too i i i've, I've been on i've texted back and forth to some people lately just just i i listen i problem is my filter right i call a spade a spade if you're if you're being an idiot you're an idiot and I'll tell you to your face, you're an idiot. I don't care. I don't care if I say it on air, if I say it behind the scenes. I'll say it. But you also got to give credit when credit's due. Mm-hmm. And they give. They have done a lot. Are they all great decisions? No. Are they all perfect decisions? No. But they take the bull and they go, man. And and there was years that they didn't take the bull and go. So I like it. I, I really do applaud them for that. And I think a lot of sports series, I think a lot of sports can learn a lot right now from what at least NASCAR having the guts to make tough decisions and just rolling with it. And mm. now, like I said, are they perfect? No, mm. but you know, it's, it, it takes guts to do it. Roger Penske and that old Georgetown coach, you've, uh, you've collected the paychecks from some guys. Well, he didn't collect paychecks from, uh, Thompson, but, <laughs> Not back in those days. <laughs> uh, Listen, if they were paying, it wasn't me they were paying. Let's just say right. that. Uh, you know, look, those I, two I, individuals and what they meant to their respective sports, it's incredible. And you've been able to look up at these two dudes. Look, I, I, Kenny, I, you guys have known me once again. I mean, since I started my NASCAR journey. I mean, what you guys have been uh, part of part of me and always give me the time to come on and be with you guys and do things. And we've had a lot of fun. You've got me in trouble plenty of times. Now I don't care anymore. Um, but what, what I've always said, the greatest thing I've had is people. I've been around great people. And, you know, you named Roger Penske and John Thompson. Absolutely. My father is in that group. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not just those guys. I mean, the Harley Roushes that I just talked about, the Bill Holbrooks. These are guys that taught me so many things. You may not know their names. But they were just as vital and important. But I have had the, the the honor of going to Richard Childress Racing, you know, and driving for him. Rusty Wallace driving for him. Uh, uh, I've I've had Bill Russell at races with me and John Thompson at races, helping you know try to make guide me in life. I've had RP doing stuff for me. You know, I've driven for such amazing people. I've had 
great human beings and great race teams. Uh, you know, uh, Scott Honan was one of my last interior guys. He's Chase Elliott's interior guy now. Might be the greatest interior guy in the history of our sport. This guy took such great care of me. And it's, yeah, there's great people like the RPs. But then there's then there's June Bugs, Robert Stramiskas, and, <laughs> and, you know, Scotty Honan's and, and Shane Wilson's and Nicole. people that, Nicole Addison's and, and these guys that you may not be able to name, but I can, mm-hmm. you know, that I can remember Chris justice, uh, you know, being an engineer for me. And I can remember, I can remember the three guys I put on the cover of jet magazine, you know, that, that before diversity programs and all this stuff, I had three guys that I got on the cover of jet magazine that were going over the wall for me. You know nice. I mean? I can remember these guys and those things way more. Then, then I can remember, you know, the, the great conversations of, of all these great men. They've, they've guided me and steered me, but both have been just as important. And, and I always want you know remind people, I don't care if, if you're captain of industry or, or if you're sweeping the floor for the captain of industry. You, you, you're just as important, and the captain mm-hmm. can't do what he can do if he doesn't have that guy making him look good. My grandfather taught me that a long, long time ago. Whoa. How do we wrap that? I'm glad you brought Justice Brothers into that. I see some Justice re- representation oh, behind yeah. you. Listen, oh, I'm yeah. a JB distributor, baby. Come on, I, yep. I, I, Ed, Ed loves it when I say that that you know I I raced my I I raced for my first sponsor when I was 15, 15 years old was Justice Brothers. Now, there's there's a logo over your head, Kenny. Oh, no, there's mine. There's my okay, JB. Okay, we'll go back. Uh, there we go. There, there's a logo right over your head. I'm going to point that way. Wait, no, that way on my screen. There, there, I know uh, it's all confusing. I, I was the first sponsored driver for Morgan for Forrest Lucas 1994 I was the first sponsored driver for Forrest Lucas so I mean I've I've driven for Lucas Oil I've driven for Justice Brothers I've driven for for Z I've driven for all these guys right I mean I and and Mr. Lucas is dear friends and and I, I you know he was great to me in my life and when I drive for RCR I still got Lucas Oil on my sleeve you know when I drove for the Beard Oil team I had Lucas Oil on my sleeve when I retired, oh, though, wow. one of the first things I did after I retired was buy a Justice Brothers distributorship in Las cool. Vegas. I'm the Southern Nevada Justice Brothers distributor. And I, I, Ed loves it because I go, look, I tell everybody, yeah, I, I, we've got a lot of pictures of me holding up a lot of great products, like smiling. <laughs> but when I retired, I bought Justice Brothers. So he, he loves it. We go to SEMA show and he gets he gets a kick out of me doing his doing the demos with all the people around and. And I love the Justice family and, and Courtney and Caitlin, you know, the, his daughters that, that basically are, are starting to run the company. And Ed, of, I, we joke and, you know, you're going to have to call this Justice Sisters pretty soon because the girls are, are dominating, are dominating JB, baby. They, they, they run that baby. They, they, they take care of it. But I love the Justice family and I am the Southern Nevada Justice Brothers distributor. Uh, that's, that's what I, one of the companies that I own and, and that me and the Batman uh, we own together and Harley Roush. That's who he works for. Harley is actually our, our, our head guy at justice brothers. So it's, I love me some JB. I got, I got JB right there. I got the mm-hmm. great book. If you haven't seen this, Kenny, I'll, I'll send you one. If you need it, it's the legacy of justice. Ed made a book, uh, tons Whoa. of pictures, um, with all the stuff that, that they, that they've done over the, since the thirties, since, since Ed and Zeke started the company, it's a really great book. I'll send you one. If you don't have one, um, Get one to Stat and Kenny. It's bad. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. We'll send you two out because they're they're awesome. Sweet. And this this book has so many great pictures, so many great stories of of from the history of justice, how how long they've been around. It's pretty dang mm-hmm. cool. It's pretty pretty dang cool. Who's autographed that bat behind your head? Uh, that was a bat given to me by by the the Louisville Slugger Company. Got my my autograph on it, my name on it. Um, they, they gave me that, what, 2000, when did we start racing Kentucky, uh, oh. 2013-ish, tw- or no, 2007-ish, six-ish, something like that. Yeah. So they gave me that. And what do I got back there? I got, I got just, don't you What's just the champagne bottle. That's actually the 2001 Winston West championship champagne bottle. I think 2000, nice. 2000, 2001, one of the championship champagne bottles for, for that year. And. And that's the the 2001 West Trophy from Vegas. I mean, we we're talking about being nominated in the West Coast Hall of Fame, so mm-hmm. I did pull those down off the shelf so I could have a little <laughs> eye candy for the West in the back. 
Um, but the, but the thing is, they were they were that close, so it was easy. I do have those those do stay close to me. Um, but the important stuff is like uh, the the American flag and the that's that's a I got a uh, thing from the J, I'm, I'm an honorary squadron commander of the the 720th OBOS's mm. the JTAC Special Forces Unit. I got some some of the most special th- memories I have outside of racing and life are with those guys, and some of the most special mementos I have uh, have come from those guys. I got some. I've been really fortunate to get to do some traveling with the military and and do some really super cool things with them. And I, I've uh, great friends, great memories, and and you know some aren't with us anymore. A lot are still are, and I appreciate everything. They, these these those deals to me, they're they're priceless. That what when they when they do something for me, I just kind of put my head down and go. You don't need to do it, mm-hmm. but it's it's really special. Well, look, man, not many people can sit in a steakhouse named Michael's and have. <laughs> Michael gone, roll in there and pay for your stakes. And uh, we appreciate that, bud. Listen, you guys, you guys have been special to me since I started this journey in NASCAR. Uh, You know, West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame nomination. It's honored. I guess this was my first year eligible. Um, So I'm I'm honored that it's even uh, I'm talked about. And but part of what made me famous for this or even an opportunity for this. What I did on track was great. But the stuff I did with you guys all through the decades, those are the things that people kind of remember almost more because it uh, we had a lot of fun. Like I said, you got me in trouble a few times. That's okay. I didn't really care then, and I care even less now because I just had a great time <laughs> with my friends. And you guys have been my friends since the beginning, man. I appreciate what you did for me. We've had a good time. We've had a good time. We've had a really good time. Thank you so much for everything. No, I, like I said, you, you three right here, stat we go way back baby remember the cadillac i remember those days and you guys you know letting some little nobody come on and talk to your big radio show and when you guys got the first tv show stuff we came on and did things and you know i just mm-hmm. went in the texas races going to the little room we used to have in the back of texas wherever that <laughs> right. back yes. you know those days um you know it just all those things you guys you guys are you guys are the ones i remember more than any of them if you want the truth i mean I always remember the Freak Nation way before I remember anything else that I've done mm-hmm. uh, media-wise. You guys are the first things that always come to mind, so I appreciate you. It's badass. Wonderful. Wow. Three wow. Texas races in a row, right? No, 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 no. Four, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Four in a Thank row, you. won four Texas truck oh, races. I only got three hats up, up there. Man? The fourth one's at Bill McAnally's. Uh, <laughs> rightfully so there we go that's right that's right mac daddy's got one of them i got three bg much love brother happy new year to you see you fellas see you <laughs>